This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Put us in, coach. We're ready to play. I need to tell you, I've won the toss and I've sent us into bat. Hey. I'm John A. Tate, by the way. Taking strike is M. Collard. Good afternoon. And at the other end is James Tate. Minding my own business. Who, uh, if M. Collard hogs the strike, as some batsmen do, mm. uh, some batters do, I should say, yeah. um, you may not get, a, get, get to face, James. That's all right. I'll, I'll face up in my own time. Feeling uh, a little selfish today, so, you know. When I got out of the car, uh, Steve Smith had also won the toss and put Australia into bat. And uh, the last time I looked, we were none for 30. Oh, that's nice for a change. Goodness. (laughs) We'll take that. Yeah. Not bad. We might come up with some more updates uh, over the next half hour. Absolutely. The sporting record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. We also acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life. Now, yesterday was uh, International Women's Day, is that what they call it? It is. And uh, the the radio station here put on some special programming. Uh, We're one day late, but we can acknowledge a few things. And I was taken by the Age newspaper, and they did a thing over the course of the week, which was counting down the top 50 most influential women in Australian sport. And, And the emphasis... The emphasis, emphasis is on the word survival. influential. <laughs> Interesting. Right? Now, it was voted on by 10 sports journalists, um, and uh, it, it's not limited to, to actual people playing sport at the moment for Australia, but is, uh, it could be uh, administrators or journalists or agents or sponsors, just the influential women uh, in Australian sport. In current, currently, or is this across? Oh, well, it's current, yeah. So current. we're not talking about legends. Yeah. Although, um, you know, someone like um, uh, the swimmer Dawn Fraser, you know, popped in at number 47. So yeah. there are legends in there. Yeah. But it's pretty much people who are currently, and Dawn's pretty influential in the swimming world still. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really what's going on currently. Great. Okay. Now, there were some surprises. So I'm going to ask you two a question. So I'll give you the top ten in no particular order and tell me who you think would have been one, two, and three. Oh, all Is right. that a good challenge? Yeah, that's a good challenge. I right, like so that. so the top ten in no particular order, Kate Campbell, the swimmer, Sam Kerr, the soccer player, Ash Barty, the tennis player, Daisy Pierce, the football player, Elise Perry, soccer and cricket, Lauren Jackson, the uh, basketballer. The goat. Gina Reinhardt. 
the Gina extremely, yeah, the extremely rich person, the one who rescinded her offer for Netball Australia. Yes, yes, the extreme, the Australia's richest person, as a matter of fact, and uh, Caroline Wilson, the journalist, oh, yeah. yep. and uh, Josephine Sukar, and uh, Alyssa Healy. Oh. Josephine Sukar is an administrator, and um, it had a bit to do with women's rugby and stuff. Mm. Um, so, in terms of influential, it doesn't uh, so specifically say whether it's positive or negative influence. Oh well, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're reading between the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll make Gina influences all right. Yeah, don't know if it's good or bad, but Gina influences. Yeah, I think that's now changed my what would have been my top three because maybe they're talking about you know maybe people that aren't so. As famously known, but have an influence, whether good or bad. I think people would say Gina's influence is, is uh, she puts her money in. Yeah. It's all about her money. Yeah, well, that's and not that's, much else going on. Is that on, a positive there? influence? Yes, it is. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't know. Come on, come on. <laughs> okay. Where Give it a go. One, two, and three. Uh, one, uh, I think maybe this is in no particular order, but I do think Ash Barty has to be in there. Sam Kerr, and I'd like to say Elise Perry. I don't want to put Gina in there, even though secretly maybe she did. James, want to guess the three? Uh, Ash Barty, one. Uh, Sam Kerr, two. And Daisy Pierce, three. Okay. Well, it was an interesting attempt. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thank you. Sam Kerr was one. Ah. Which I'm not so sure about, because she's still playing. I mean, she's top of her game in her mm. sport, but influence off the field, she's captain... I don't find her inspiring. Whenever I've heard her speak, she's pretty often a bit grumpy and doesn't mm-hmm. say a lot. Her she's probably actions, a good captain, I don't know. Her actions do the speaking. To be one of the best players yeah. in the world for a long time, it's pretty influential. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also has won numerous awards. Like one of if, – if she was a male Australian soccer player, like <laughs> be number one in every single countdown ever. So, yeah, I, I think Sam. That yeah, number sense one. So I won't argue about that, but I just thought yep. a bit early maybe for her. But anyway, okay. number two is uh, Gina Reinhart, yeah. voted by the 10 sports journalists. Whew. The second most influential person in woman in Australian sport. Oh, money talks, doesn't yeah. it? So boy, she puts oh her – so I had to look it up, of course. Yeah. So she puts a lot of money into Olympic sports, okay. swimming, synchronised swimming, rowing. And beach volleyball. Millions and millions of dollars she puts into those Millions sports. and millions and, and millions, millions. And billions and billions. <laughs> so it doesn't matter where the money comes from as long as she's putting this, uh, what, what you could call dirty money. Yeah. Well, she tried to put some money into netball, in, didn't she? She did indeed. She did indeed. And that obviously did not end very well for her. I suppose that is influential because in, in the Olympics, money buys medals, yes. basically. The more money you put into your programs, generally, the more medals you get out of it. So I'm you always still see waiting for countries. our synchronised swimming medal. Well, it's an investment, isn't it? Gina is investing. Gina. Gina. <laughs> and number three was uh, Ash Barty. Yeah, yeah right, good. number three. No arguments there. I'd put no. a one, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think there could be an argument to switch her and Sam around, but I still think Sam makes sense for the top three. Cool, nice. There you go. So that's what I wanted to uh, bring up there. That's a nice one, Johnny. Uh, yeah. Which uh, and something that came up today was that that should uh, move on to having more statues of our women sports mm. people. Uh, I found out that uh, out of five hundred and eighty statues in Melbourne, only nine of them are actually 
of female people. It's quite a small percentage. Isn't it? <laughs> mm, mm. Oh. So there's a bit of a push there. It's not, re- not reflective of the broader population, you would say. In, yeah. I was about to say, in no way is it reflective of the broader population. Goodness. Do you okay. think? Do you think statues are a good thing? I don't really not like really. statues. No. What's the point? What's the point of having a look at, look at, look at that person? Oh. I don't think so. I think, I think. I mean, when Taylor Harris's one got made, clearly people did start having opinions on statues that I'm sure they yeah, didn't even realise they had before. <laughs> I would like to one-up the offer. Mm. Less statues, more graffiti murals. Oh, I like that. A lot more cost-effective. Support yeah. the local artists. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I mean, we yeah. saw one of Warney go up recently somewhere in Cremorne or Richmond. Yeah. And it looks great. Yeah. More murals, less oh, statues. I, statues I cost thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah. Sculptors are artists too, you know. Yeah, well, the sculptors get a good crack, don't they? <laughs> all these men that they're sculpting. <laughs> okay, that leads us on to a, a Who Am I trivia question. Oh, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about this. Can I do it now? Yes. Absolutely. So, who am I? I am number 18 on the list we just talked about. Right. Okay. As a young woman, I was a model and an actor in Australia and England. Probably on Neighbours, I reckon. And appeared on The Young Doctors, similar show to Neighbours, and Doctor Who. Who? (laughs) This person wasn't Doctor Who, but appeared in, in in the show. Uh, which iteration of Doctor Who? Do you oh, know? I was going to say this must one of the be early, early, ones. early, one of the early ones, ones. Right. My father was at the top of our sport. So it's a family thing. My husband was banned from our sport for a cheating scandal. <laughs> the drama. This is not ringing any bells. I'm not no, sure I'm going to guess. Yeah, um, I uh, I have been inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. I am now one of the most successful horse trainers in Australia. Oh, okay. Oh, is that um? Is their last name Cummings? Cummings, yes. No, Waterhouse. Waterhouse. Yes, yes. I, I am Gay Waterhouse. Gay Waterhouse. Waterhouse. There you go. So, Gay Waterhouse was in Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Apparently, as a young woman, she was a, a model and an actor. Wow. And then got into her dad's sport. Her dad was Tommy Smith. And who was her husband? Uh, uh, Mr. Waterhouse. What's his first <laughs> I should know his name. But he was involved somehow in the fine cotton cheating scandal. They substituted a really good horse for a really bad horse. And oh, it did like tank cleaned a race. up. Yeah. Right. Wow. But they got caught. Mm, something about those betting sports. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, the, the fact that <laughs> even a horse trainer – is number 18 on this influential list of sports people. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I just think now my brain's going in the how do we define influential and is it a good influence, is it positive, or is it just the influence of them? But what does a horse trainer do? Trains a horse. Trains a horse. You make the horse fit, get the horse fit, and you teach it to behave itself when it has to do certain things like... Go into a gate and run fast and yeah, train it. Do what it's told yeah. by the jockey. But that's it. That's what a horse trainer does. Seems yeah. like they're conflating influence with success. In yeah, a fair, you that's know. a good point. That's, that's a, good a very point good too. point. And you know, seeing Gina as number two on this list, Gina Reinhardt, whose influence you could argue is actually quite negative on the world. 
via climate genocide and all these wonderful mm-hmm. things, ecosystem destruction, mm-hmm. all that, dirty money. Um, success doesn't really mean necessarily mean good influence. Mm. You know, you, you look at someone like a Margaret Court who might be on that list maybe. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. So, uh, well, that just... Okay, well, that's confusing to me because... Because Margaret Court was a champion, yeah, but also deeply homophobic and problematic and not influential in a good way, I would argue. And she still, mm. I think there could be, if you're putting Gina on that list, I still think there's argument to be made, and Gay Waterhouse as well, that she should be on that list because she still tries to get out there and... Exert her and, influence. And, and put herself out there and get her... Yeah, absolutely. So that's... Confusing. To, I mean, I'm glad she's not. I'm not advocating for her to be on there. I think I'm just a bit confused by this list. Yeah, I'm confused. What's the criteria? Hey, What's there's the one rubric? Paralympian on it. That's Madison <laughs> Du Rosario. Oh, cool. What sport? You know, her uh, wheelchair, uh, going really fast in wheelchair Ah, uh, yeah, sprinter. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's great. I love her. She's great. Yeah, she's great. Awesome. And she seems to get out there and speak and yeah, great. get into it. Blows the horn. That's right. That's it. We'll jump to a few. Community I don't know where. Quite, we're, we're on oval two today, playing our our sport. Yes. And I don't. I can't see a clock. You don't need to see the clock. I'm in charge, okay. Johnny. I got you back. James, okay. James <laughs> I'm, in charge. I'm, I'm, From the non-strikers. I get the non-strikers end. <laughs> um, we'll go to a few community announcements now, and then we'll come back with a little bit more sporty tidbits. North Preston Life Saving Club is a new creative space, gallery and studios run for and by queer artists with disability. They're currently taking applications for studios and membership with priority given to disabled, queer and BIPOC communities. They'll be running workshops, holding community events and showcasing works by local and interstate artists. The North Preston Life Saving Club crew are seeking assistance in getting up and running and they need your help to get three-phase power to run equipment including a kiln to find out more and to show your support for independent creatives please visit their facebook page north preston life-saving club north preston life-saving club is a 3cr supporter 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. Alrighty, welcome back. So, with me in the studio today, um, I have two huge uh, bomber supporters. Red hot bomber supporters. Absolute red hot. Um, does it matter the sport when it comes to the support of the bombers for you, do you think? Well, uh, if it's aligned with the Essendon Football Club, many, many sports are aligned to the bombers. You'll take it? Yeah. Yep. You, well, you put that sticker on something and I'm going for it. Yeah, Not absolutely. Even the logo, I don't care. Bombers, hey, I'll, I'll support them. They've got the logo. Uh. They've got Essendon in the name. And they won a oh. premiership on the weekend. Oh, wow. Who is that? Who yeah. Is? Celebrate. I know. So, um, over the weekend, the Essendon Maribyrnong Park Ladies Cricket Club, EMP as it's known, uh, yep. won the Premier Women's First One Day Comp 
um, for cricket. Can the bloody Dons. Up the Dons. How good's that? How good is that? You've played on that oval down there at Melbourne Park, James. Yeah, I'm sure I got Footy out for a cricket. duck. I'm sure I got out for a duck. Yeah, oh, that's unfortunate. Or hit a six. <laughs> got out for Both. a six. One or the other. There was no in between. No, <laughs> James don't, Tate. Don't hang around. Yeah, so that's um, some more local sport news, but just thought would um, put that out there is the Essendon, especially in the back of uh, International Women's Day yesterday. Mm. So EMP um, have been recognised by the International Cricketing Council, oh. ICC, as the oldest women's cricket club in the world. Wow. Oldest? Yeah. That's pretty old. It is old. Wow. There wow. were So it was established in the pre-season of 1905 in September. Wow. And... There obviously were other clubs established in England and Australia prior to that in the 1800s, but none of them, um, a lot, none of them have continued to today. Yeah, a lot of them yeah. folded in the 1950s, interestingly. Mm. Um, so it is the oldest women's cricket club in the world, and they got the flag over the Can the Dons, how good is that? So, so get good. down to Essendon, Maribyrnong somewhere, and you can see the EMP play. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. They're a great club. Well, I guess they won the premiership, so not now. Not now. Maybe in six months' time. Maybe in six months' time. Write that in your calendar. Yeah, absolutely. Get down there for the season opener. It's interesting that um, you see a lot of uh, traditionally AFL clubs expanding their remit beyond just football. Mm. You know, you got Collingwood going into the netball. Yes. You got Essendon. They have wheelchair footy, wheelchair basketball. They got the EMP. Essendon had an eSports team at one point. No. I don't think that's going anymore. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're expanding their purview. Yeah, Trying to create a, a broader community, I suppose. You spend a lot of money on a big facility, you want to get maximum use out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even when you see the clubs, when I've trained at the, the Bulldogs or down at North Melbourne, like they share facilities with, you know, the local rec centre, whether that's VU at... The dogs or right. just the city council things there. It makes sense. How did you idea. find the Arden Street facilities when you played there? Um, when I was there playing, the couple of times I played there, it's been some part of it was like under construction and they've just recently opened their whole new section. But the part that I was in was in the, the North Women's Home um, change room, and that was pretty specky. That was oh, nice. That's good. That wasn't traditionally too North Melbourne's facilities would probably be the worst in the VFL and well, the AFL. You, you, you get rid of the pokies money, and yep. your facilities suffer. Apparently, yep. absolutely. Well, even um, the facilities at over at the Dogs. I mean, they're doing a lot of revamping of their area too. But mm. the AFL change room. <laughs> was so nice. The VFL change room was fine. And then VFLW, who, what? Do we have a team? Oh, who knew? There's no facilities for that. <laughs> you're, you're just in the in the closet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like half the team, I suppose. Yeah. 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 Well. <laughs> no, we're getting yeah. there. We are. Um, hey, Em. Yeah. Uh, James and I and a lot of Victorians don't know a lot about rugby. We try to try to... Get interested in rugby union, rugby league. It's the ultimate blind spot in my But it life. is a blind spot. So mm. I want you – I heard during the week there's a new team in the – what is it? The NRL. Yes. The NRL. Which blew my the mind. They've got a new team. They've got a new team. And apparently they won their first game. They did. Could you give us some background news. on that, please? Oh, can I ever. Um, so 
footy, as it's known in New South Wales and Queensland, they started round one last week, which was very surprising. It was felt quite early, to be honest. And a new team called the Dolphins um, played their first game against the Sydney Roosters at Suncorp Stadium, and they got the win. Can the Dolphins? The Roosters are a pretty good team, aren't they? The Roosters are kind of would kind of tip to be um, flag contenders for this year. So it's oh. genuinely a huge upset for a, an expansion team to come in and, and beat them straight off the bat. Wow. Um, did, they, did the Dolphins get a bunch of players from other clubs and uh, sort of poach them? Yeah, definitely. They right. poach them. They also have a coaching legend in Wayne Bennett, and I'm sure that he, for a lot of people, would be quite a polarising sort of character. Right. Um, seems, I guess, to be successful at that sort of level, you either people either love you or you, they hate you. And but he's very successful as a coach. Wow. He um, has taken many many teams to premierships and. Oh, Benno. And what, what's yeah. the home of the Dolphins? Where are they from? Well, this is a good question. Somewhere near the water, I'd imagine. Yes. So they're uh, the fourth team in Queensland. The first expansion since the Gold Coast Titans in two thousand and seven. And they're so they're um, I guess Queensland, the team that they are affiliated with are the Redcliffe Dolphins, which is a place sort of north of Brisbane-ish. But when they're coming to the NRL, they wanted to broaden their supporter base, mm, I suppose. Mm. And as part of the um, agreement, I suppose for them to have the seventeenth NRL license, they had to drop the name. Redcliffe and just be known as the Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Dolphins. Or the Finns, as the, Finns. the commentators ah. have dubbed them. Ah, the Dolphins. the Finns. Well, Finns. and they're, they're, I noticed that they the have a ferocious-looking dolphin as their mascot called Finny. Finny. That checks out. You don't think of dolphins as ferocious, though, do you? Think oh, of they're them scary. As, uh, dolphins as dolphins can be... They're friendly dolphins. Dolphins mm. can be a bit hectic. They can be pretty intense. You don't mess with dolphins. No. And I also saw one thing associated with the dolphins is the tradition of the shoey that often is done at NRL games, drinking a drink out of your shoe. Apparently the uh, the dolphin supporters were all giving out these sort of fins to put on their heads. (laughs) But Ah. what the fins became was an amazing receptacle for Ah. for drinking your drink out of. Oh, my goodness. So uh, an entire culture of doing finnies has, has been born. Ah, oh. well, that's good. That yes. was so good. fast. That was like it's been a. It took one it's game. Been one round. It took one game for Finneys to be born, oh and goodness. it's forever oh. going to change the sport. I and do people say. still put them on their heads, or they just use them? Oh yeah, you know, you don't need to buy hair product if you have got some beer in there, oh, do you? Goodness, there's yeah, an American nice. team who put a big wedge of cheese on uh, their head. cheese heads. Who's yeah. that? Oh, Is that yeah. Tampa Bay? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, or yeah. even maybe the Vi- I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. The Dolphins wow. got the win. I kind of don't mind it, actually, seeing them do well, especially over the Easts or Sydney Roosters, who are known to be a very wealthy club, and they just poach players to win premierships rather than building a community, yeah. which is often a, mm. a criticism that they face, and I think rightly so, to be honest. So in the NRL, most teams would be in New South Wales, wouldn't they? Yes. Well, this is also... Originally, when they announced that the Dolphins were going to be the expansion team, I was a bit disappointed because I think the game really needs to look at expanding mm. in the same way that AFL has, maybe to South Australia, maybe another Melbourne team, something to try and get 
not just New South Wales and Queensland involved in the sport. There's a New Zealand team. There is a New Zealand team, but I don't mind this. It Now, as opposed to AFL, where the majority of teams are Victoria and then everyone else, it's mm. now creating a bit more balance between mm. Queensland and New South Wales, and maybe the next expansion could go to Victoria or South Australia. So I don't mind it, actually. Do you think there could be a chance of a team from Papua New Guinea? Oh, because they're mad on their rugby. They yeah. love it. It's the only country in the world where their official sport is rugby league. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah I think that would be great. Near neighbour. It's not far to travel. No, especially for the Cowboys, the yeah. North Queensland yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. And we've already like got New Zealand in the comp, yeah. the Warriors. So, yeah, that's a good point. I'd love to see that. That would be a nice addition. Yeah. That would yeah. be a nice addition. I'd they are our northern neighbours. Yeah. It'd be good to align ourselves more with Papua New Guinea. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Especially their entire country is so, you know, focused on it. Okay, let me get a bit of F1 news in. F1 started on the uh, weekend. Yep, the Formula F1. One the F1. In Bahrain for the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, there's a lot of new drivers. I just wanted to mention the uh, the new new faces. It was a pretty uneventful race. You know, Verstappen won, of course, he always wins. Uh, Fernando Alonso came third, which is a great effort. Because he's changed teams. He's now mm. driving for Aston Martin. Mm. And uh, in, a, in an inferior car to the Red Bulls and the Ferraris and the Mercedes even. But, you know, he gets mm. on the podium. Does that make him the best driver? I, I reckon he is. Oh, big call. That's a big call. Yeah. Big call. Yeah. Put, put Fernando Alonso in a, uh, in a Red Bull next to Max Verstappen. Who, who would win? Uh. Well, the argument is made that Red Bull, the Red Bull car is designed for Max Verstappen yeah, to yeah. do the best as an individual driver. So, I don't know. Interesting question. Uh, the Australian didn't do very well. Uh, Piastri, his first race, he, he was actually doing quite well, but then his car just conked out. So, mm. he had to withdraw because mm. he replaced Daniel Ricciardo in that McLaren car. Daniel Ricciardo is now a reserve driver for Red Bull. He's having a break. So, um, if one of those guys retires next year, Perez or Verstappen, maybe... Maybe Daniel will be back in a Red Bull. Can't imagine Verstappen retiring anytime soon. Uh, you know, Max Verstappen's hands are firmly on that <laughs> wheel, and they are not leaving. Not at all. Saying. I think they're firmly tasked towards Lewis Hamilton. Seven. Now, can I mention? Can I mention a new driver for um, Alpha Tauri? His name is Nick De Vries, who's De Vries. another Dutchman. But he didn't come through Formula 3 or Formula 2. Right. He won Formula E. Oh, the electric car one. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know much about Formula E, but it, it, it makes me interested that there is, they're developing really fast cars that are electric, all electric. Can I yeah. tell you a little bit about it? Yeah. I, so before the show, John was asking me if I was a fan of F1, and I, due to Drive to Survive, I yes – and I went on a bit of a hole the other day looking at the F2 results, the F3 results, and then stumbling across the Formula E. And it's quite incredible because I think because they're trying to develop a lot of um, excitement around or, you know, good press around electric vehicles, it, they've really targeted so there's a lot of fan influence on the way the races are run. So last year, one of the rules was that Fans could give bonuses to drivers during the race. They're oh. also on the track. If Thinking of like Mario Kart or something, when you have 
there's if you go on certain areas of the track and you get boosts because it's an electric vehicle if you went on certain areas <laughs> it gave them boosts and wow. <laughs> it's designed very much with the i guess the consumers or the watchers of the sport in mind as opposed to being as concerned about you know the constructors or the drivers championships it's more mm. kind of fan-based, which yeah. I think is interesting. Fantastic. Yeah. See, critics of motor racing, and it's fair enough, uh, would say, oh, you know, all these fossil fuels are being burned mm. you know, for this sport. Yes. Um, whereas I'd argue that you know, uh, the developments that the sport encourages have been very good. And if we're heading towards the electric car, this is where the money goes into development. So uh, it excites me. Mm. Yeah. Maybe F1 one day will be electric. Probably will be, you know. Yeah. It might not be for a long time mm. to get the standard up to the, mm. you know. Mm. But it would. I, I imagine that's where it might end up or some other type of energy that, yeah. All righty. So we've come <laughs> to the end of the show. <laughs> Sorry, James is just pointing at me. I was like, well, I don't know what's going on. All right. Thank you for listening to us on The Sporting Record today. There are many ways to listen to us. The old-fashioned way by turning on your car radio dial to 8.55 a.m. Why not dedicate a button on your car radio to 3CR? There's 3CR Digital. You can listen to us via the Community Radio Plus app. You can also stream us by going to the website 3cr.org.au. If you miss out on a show, you can go to our page on the 3CR website and listen on demand to our most recent episode. If you like our program but are not yet a subscriber, you can rectify that online on the website. You can drop into the office during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or call 94198377. In the process, we'd be honoured if you nominated the sporting record as your favourite program. And Australia is one for 72. Oh, good update. How good. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.